Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Goolsby's always a blessing. He said, everything's been good. Don't blow it. Amen. Yep. And uh, so I'm probably about to do that. But uh, anyway, Genesis tonight, the book of Genesis. And uh, I was thinking while they were singing, uh, if you pass by my house and you look out there, you see that beautiful home and the garage, you probably think you got money, but I don't. I'm an evangelist. Amen. But the truth of the matter is God has been good to me. My wife's cousin, they came and visited and spent the night last night, him and his two daughters. And uh, they followed me to Carrollton and listened to me preach this morning. But he walked in the garage and Brother Keith, he said, my, this is nice. And how much land you have here? And I said, well, five acres. And, and his daughter said, man, you got three cars. And I said, well, dad passed on, went to heaven and he left me his truck. And God's been good to me and I bless his name tonight. Amen. And I thank God for the privilege. I'm honored to be here. And uh, I, in my flesh, hesitate to preach out of a very familiar passage tonight. But really God in the last two weeks dealt with me about preaching this on Sunday night. And I pray that I can deliver my burden. Look in Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4 and we'll read the first seven verses. And may the good Lord help us tonight. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, Sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. If the Lord would help me tonight, I believe there are some in our midst that have never ever been born again. I believe that they are going the way of Cain. If God will help me just for a few moments, I want to preach on the way of Cain. You'll either come to Christ by the way of the cross or you'll come by the way of Cain. I do believe that Adam had taught his boys right. I believe he taught them three things. I believe he taught them about the person of God. He taught them about the fellowship of God. I'm glad, thank God, you and I are allowed and able to have fellowship with the Holy God of Heaven. I believe he told them, boys, no matter what you obtain, no matter what you accomplish, no matter how successful you are, the greatest thing in life is fellowshipping and walking with God. Amen. Amen. Oh, there are 
some, they boast on what they have and what they've accomplished. I know some men, they've got degrees that'll fill up the walls and I'm not against that. Please don't misunderstand me, but I'm telling you, it's not about what you have. It's about him tonight and it's about fellowshipping with a holy God. Hallelujah. I'll be honest with you. I'd give up my house. If I knew I couldn't fellowship with him, I'd give up my car. If I knew I couldn't fellowship with him, amen. Hallelujah. With gas like it is, we may have to give up the car. Hey, stopped at a Wendy's the other day, and this fellow was wider than this pulpit. And he said, We ought to go back to horses. I said, Well, the only problem with that is I take me three weeks to get where I'm going. And I wanted to tell him, besides that, you'd need two of them to get on them. Amen. But anyhow, uh, we find that he uh, told them boys about the fellowship with God. I believe he told them about his fall in the garden. I thought about how other days I was coming home from Carrollton and I was looking at my message. I thought about how that God records uh, the good and the bad and the ugly. He records our victories uh, and records our defeats uh, and records the mountaintops uh, and records the valleys uh, and Adam no doubt uh, had told them boys. I fell and I disobeyed God and there's consequences when you disobey God. Amen. 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 I believe number two, he told him about the plan of God. Brother John, he said in the process of time in verse three, I believe that Adam had told them boys that there had to be a lamb that was brought. There had to be blood that was shed. There's a lot of people trying to get to heaven by their own good works or their false profession tonight. You hear me and hear me well. I have never tried to make anybody doubt and I never would. But you better know tonight what you have is going to get you on to the other side. Brother Chris, I know tonight uh, that thank God 1972, uh, I trusted the blood. Uh, I got born again. Uh, I got put in a family of God. Uh, I don't lay awake at night uh, uh, worrying if Jesus comes where I'm going. Uh, thank God I've got it set up. I know, hallelujah, I'm heaven bound with the hammer down. Uh, and you better get that settled too. Amen. Amen. When I first come in, preacher, I saw the stage. I said, they finally found a way to keep me up on the platform. Amen. Uh, but anyhow, I, I believe, number three, that he taught them boys uh, about the punishment of God. He said, when you disobey God, if you don't do what God said, you'll suffer the consequence. I want to look at four things. And then I'll get out of the way. I told Dr. Brown that you had the steak and now here comes the taters. Amen. But I do want to give him what God has given me. In verse 3 through 7, uh, we find the institution of religion. And you know what it is? First of all, it's all from a human source. Religion is all about humanity. It's all about you uh, and not about him. Uh, can I tell you tonight, uh, I am not 
not depending on anything uh, that Bobby Barnes does. Uh, I'm depending totally tonight upon him. And I'm uh, telling you tonight, uh, uh, you're depending maybe upon your church membership. Uh, you may be depending upon the fact uh, that you tithe. You may be depending on the fact that you sing in the choir. You may be depending on the fact that you teach Sunday school. But I don't care uh, what you do because you'll never uh, get into uh, uh, heaven about you doing the things uh, that's all about human resources and it's all about you. Amen. Amen. Three things revolve about around salvation. Number one, it is the Word of God. There has to be the Word. He said we're born again of incorruptible seed. Number two, it's the work of God. He said for by grace and that not of yourselves. I was knocking on doors many years ago in my town where I used to live in Pageland, South Carolina. And this lady, probably in her mid-60s, she answered the door. I told her what church I was from. And we invited her to the house of God. And she told me she taught up there at the little Southern Baptist Church on the corner of Sunday school for 35 years. 35 years. And I said, that's wonderful. I said, uh, how long have you been saved? And she said, well... I hope I am. She's teaching Sunday school for 35 years and she's hope she's born again because she is striving and she is working and she is trying and there's no doubt if God laid this on my heart uh, there's some of you he's been a talking to. He's been a telling you that you're going to slide off into hell on a church pew and you're going to wake up one day in a lake of fire and you're going to say I would to God I swallowed my pride and I ran down to that old altar and I got born again I'm glad thank God I had enough sense when I was 8 years old and I ran down and thank God at the foot of the cross and I got born again hey that's the best thing that I've ever did I'm telling you I've been a sorry Christian a time or two but I've never been sorry that I've been a Christian I say hey it's one Wonderful to be saved. You don't know what you're missing. You have no idea what what's going on in this place. You need to be saved. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Feeling a little better now. Amen. Religion is from a human source. It's from a human sacrifice. No doubt. Cain's offering was costly. May have even cost more than Abel's. You hear me? But it wasn't what it was supposed to bring. <laughs> you see, Cain was willing to meet God, but on Cain's terms, not on God's terms. You're not going to heaven on your terms tonight. Amen. My dad's sister was dying with cancer. Brother Danny, my dad was crying, weeping, trying to win her to God. And she said this, Tommy, you're going to have to let me do it my own way. There is no way. It's his way or you'll wake up in hell tonight. I don't know who I'm preaching.
listen to. But I'm telling you, there's a God in heaven that's already fingered your heart. And he's a drawing you and a wooing you and letting you know you're going to slip off into a devil's hell. Amen. Where I was this morning, the song leader, Brother Matthew, he gave his testimony. You know what he said, Brother Jeremy? He said, I was sitting on a church pew and the Holy Ghost came by and said, you are going to hell. And if you don't get saved, hey, he said, if you don't let me save you and change your life, you're going to wake up in the pit of hell one day. He said, I ran down that old-fashioned altar and I got born again. I do believe there is a time when God will leave a man and he'll let him go. He'll let him go to hell. He'll woo and he'll deal and he'll draw. Thank God for mercy tonight. The reason you're here, if you're not saved, is God gave you mercy and gave you another opportunity that you might get born again. I'm glad God gave me mercy. I didn't get saved the first time I heard it. It was the third time that I heard it. But I got born again. Hey, you need to get saved tonight. You're going the way of Cain and you're going to wake up in hell. Amen. It also involves human satisfaction. You know, he looked at his altar Big smile on his face. He was happy with what he had. You know, the mooses and the gooses and the lodges and the dodges and, and all of that. You know what they glory in? What they give and what they do. See, Brother Jeremy, that's their salvation. It's what they do. You know what I glory in? What he does. I couldn't do anything. Brother Laddie, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't save myself. Matter of fact, he said I wasn't even looking for him. He came where I lived. He came looking for me. He came above that bar. And thank God picked me up on an old church van and took me to the house of God. I'm glad, thank God, he came looking for me. Amen. Hey, I'm glad that he had mercy and he came to my house. He came where I lived and gave me mercy. Amen. You know what he's doing tonight? He is coming to you with mercy. Can I say number two, the intolerance of religion. You know what? We see that Cain was rejected by God because he brought his own work of his own hands. You see in the process of time but David, God told them through Adam I want blood. I want a lamb. I want a sacrifice. And Cain, he decided to do his own way. As my aunt said, Tommy, you'll have to let it, let me do it my own way. You know the sad thing about that? She's in hell tonight. She's in hell. Because she tried to do it her own way. Here's the, here's the sad thing now. The devil may deceive you. Dad went to see her in the hospital, Brother John. Here's what she said one night. She said, he came to me last night. Said he had a long white robe on. Said he patted me on the leg and said, you're going to be okay. You know who that was? That was the devil who transformed himself into an angel of light. 
and he deceived her and dragged her into hell. You think you'll get saved when you want to? You think you'll get saved when it's convenient for you? I'm telling you, you'll get saved when the Holy Ghost draws you to Himself. If your heart is beating out of your chest tonight and you know that you're lost without God, you say, man, this is jubilee. I know it is. But hey, what a time to get saved at a jubilee. What a time to be honest with God and yourself and say, I'm lost and I need to be born again. I wouldn't go to hell for nothing in the world. I wouldn't go to hell for nobody in the world. I wouldn't go to hell for drugs. I wouldn't go to hell for fornication. I wouldn't go to hell for booze. And I wouldn't go to hell for pride. Amen. 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 Oh, yes. We see the rejection. We see the rage verse 8. You know what? I never really saw that in verse 8. He said Cain, he talked with Abel. Only God knows the record of that conversation. But Brother Brown, it probably went something like this. Abel said, come on brother, you know what you're supposed to do. I'll give you one of my lambs. Why don't you bring the the, the blood, bring the sacrifice. You know, you know God's way. Some of you right here, you know what you're doing? You're saying, no, I'll do it my way. You're not going to do it your way. He flew into a rage and slew his brother. Do you know why they crucified Jesus? It was the religious crowd. You know who gets angry at you and I for standing for truth? It's the religious crowd. I'm beginning to wonder as more churches get more liberal that we're just filled with religious lost people in our Baptist churches. Amen? But I'm going to tell you something, whether it's a church or the world, there's not enough darkness to put out the light. Thank God He'll always shine and the Word of God will always be. I may have less and less places to go preach because of the truth, but thank God I'd rather stand for truth than compromise and be what they are. Amen. Amen. The thing about it is most of them used to be what we are. But they learn better, I guess. Number three, the refusal. You know what he refused? He refused the knowledge of God. Like God didn't know that he killed his brother. He said, uh, where's Abel at? Well, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? He refused. You know what happens tonight if you're here and you're lost? And there's people here lost tonight. There's no doubt. Amen. And you refuse to get saved. You're refusing the knowledge of God like he don't know that you're lost. You know, oh listen, you know that you're lost tonight. He refused the knowledge of sin. He didn't want to recognize that he'd killed his brother. I'll tell you something. You're a sinner tonight. You was born in sin. I know this is simple, but it's just the way it is. I'm glad, thank God, salvation is simple. Hallelujah. I'm glad I understood it at eight years old and I got saved. Amen. Amen. When I think of his response in verse 9, he actually was a smart aleck. Am I my brother's keeper? I'd be fearful to say something like that to God. Absolutely. 
It's a miracle that some of you that are still lost that God keeps dealing with you. Maybe by even with a bad attitude. I remember the first time old dad finally made it to when he got out of the mental ward. I, I remember he made it to church. And the man was, he, he'd come off the platform, went down right there and looked him square in the eye and said, you may be the meanest man in Cleveland, but God will save you today. And he said, would you come? And Brother Casey, he got angry. And he said, not today, brother, leave me alone. You know what God could have done? <laughs> he could have left him alone. But he had mercy on him. Amen. And one of these days we're going to stroll the street to go together, praise God. Because of the mercy of God, uh, we see the response. Uh, uh, can I say number three, the insufficiency of religion. You know what it is? It's a false promise. You know, no doubt the devil told Cain, hey, you just bring the best of your hands and it's going to be okay. God will accept that. You know, the devil's lying to you right now. He's telling you all, oh, don't you worry about what that preacher said. You know you're saved because you made a profession. But I'll tell you something about that profession. There's no peace inside. Years ago, a missionary had come to our church in Ohio. And he said he was in Mexico giving out gospel tracts. And a lady, Brother Danny, that she couldn't speak English much. But she kept shaking her head no, patting her chest, and she said, no peace, no peace. I have no peace. Aren't you glad we have peace tonight? A false promise. I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You're going to hold on to your pride tonight, and you may slip off into hell. I don't know who this was for. All I know is yesterday afternoon in my study, God broke my heart as I went over this and prayed. And I told the preacher last night, I said, I know it's Jubilee, but I really believe I have to honor the Lord. This is the message that God has laid upon my heart. I'm telling you tonight, uh, you're a fool. It's a false promise. The devil will tell you to do it later. And he'll tell you to do it later. And he'll tell you to do it later. And one day you'll wake up in hell and you'll say, what a fool I have been. Amen. Amen. False promise, false peace. You know what he told O'Cain? He said, you're going to be a vagabond and a fugitive. You don't ever, ever have real peace. You know, could it be that your face tells on you you're really not interested in what's happening at God's house? You don't have to shout and have a big mouth like I do. That's all right. But there ought to be a joy in your soul. But you can see sometimes an emptiness in people. Oh, listen to me. Lastly, and I'm done. The influence of religion. You know what Cain did? He turned his back on God's person. The Bible said he went out from the presence of the Lord. He went out from. You know what happens when you wake up in hell? You're going to be separated from God. And everything that is true and holy. You hear me? He went out from God's person. He turned his back on God. He turned his back on God's paradise. He went and built his own city. You know, I thought this was amazing. 
It's not until in verse 26. See, verse 18 to 25, he lists Cain's descendants. Never once did it say that men begin to call upon the name of the Lord until Seth's generation. You know why? Because they didn't know God. Had, they had no peace. They had no salvation. And I tell you another thing I like. In chapter 5 is when he finally began to say, and they lived, and they lived, and they lived. You don't start living until you get saved. Amen. I begin to live the night I got born again. The night that I let Jesus come into my heart. I truly begin to live. Amen. There's a fella that got saved, I think, when you was preaching at Brother Ben's up there in Pounding Mill. The fellow's kind of fallen out of church, but when he got saved, man, he changed immediately so much that Walmart, where he worked at, said, uh, we need to talk to you. They took him in a room and said, something happened to you. We don't know how to explain it. It's like you were dead and now you're alive. That's what they said. I said, hey, that is what happens when you get saved. I was dead in the trespasses of sin. But thank God I'm alive tonight. I've been made alive in him. I don't know who it's for. Let's stand if you would tonight. But there is some folks that are going to perish if you don't chunk your pride. If you don't chunk your pride. Our sister will play. Maybe you might want to come pray for somebody you know that you feel like doesn't have peace. I stopped at the Dollar General yesterday on my road. There was a man. His name is Chris. And he's an alcoholic. He didn't buy no booze. But he was going to walk home. And I said, I'll be glad to give you a ride. And of course, I began to witness to him and give him a gospel track. That man's life's a mess. Only Jesus can straighten all that out. Would you be willing tonight to chunk your pride? Let me ask you, what are you holding on to? What is worth going to hell for? Preacher, I'm going to turn it back over to you.